Wednesday, January 31st, first month of the year, almost in the books. Welcome to the Damon Bruce Show. I'm here today to tell you about the top five matchups of Super Bowl 58, among other things. So let's hop right in. Good to see everyone. Starting at number five, we're working away our most important. Juwan Taylor versus Nick Bosa. To get to Mahomes just once in a playoff game is a feat unto itself. Nick Bosa needs to be putting pressure on him all day long, but actually wrapping him up and sacking him again. I think it's happened once all postseason so far. It's got to happen at least once for Nick Bosa in the Super Bowl. Jawan Taylor, is he a bad tackle? Not really, but he's not good at this either. He is the most penalized player in the NBA this year, so I don't want to hear any, oh, it was a clean game for him, a flag-free game against Nick Bosa. Most penalized tackles don't play flag-free football against Nick Bosa, and hopefully that's not allowed to happen in the Super Bowl. Fourth biggest matchup, of Super Bowl 58. We keep it on the 49ers defensive line. Javon Hargrave against Isaiah Pacheco and the internal works of that Kansas City offensive line. One of the best pass rushing D tackles in all of football has been getting blown off the line. We just saw that against the Packers and we saw that against the Lions in that run game. Now, in order to get to Mahomes, you got to see Hargrave in this game. And if Hargrave is not in this game because he's getting abused in the run game, that's a bad sign for the San Francisco 49ers. If he has to get off the field because Kansas City is just staying balanced and in rhythm in their run game with Pacheco, that just, it, it cannot happen if the 49ers are going to win this game. A huge matchup between Hargrave, that interior line, and how he can play the run to keep him out on that field to defend against the pass. Third biggest matchup of Super Bowl 58, Mooney Ward against Rashi Rice. So Rashi Rice is far and away the best wide receiver that the Kansas City Chiefs have had this season. If he's taken out of the games, Mahomes has trust issues with everyone else on this team not named Travis Kelsey. Um, Rice has 20 postseason catches so far this postseason for the Kansas City Chiefs. No other Chiefs wide receiver has more than five catches in this postseason. Basically, the you know, as great as the Kansas City Chiefs are in terms of an offensive threat, just because that's what Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid do, they can become very predictable. And we'll get to the other element of that predictability here in just a second. But you go ahead, you shut down Rashi Rice all of a sudden. All of a sudden, Patrick Mahomes, instead of having three places to go with the ball, has two places to go with the ball, which brings us to our second biggest matchup of Super Bowl 58, and that is Fred Warner against Travis Kelsey. And if we're talking about the single biggest individual matchup in the Super Bowl, that might be it right there. Fred, uh, Fred Warner and Travis Kelsey, one of the best against the pass linebackers in football, which makes Fred Warner maybe the best overall linebacker in all of football. He's got to be great against the run. He's got to be even better when it comes to defending Travis Kelsey. He's got to stay in his hip pocket 
all game long. And how Travis Kelsey, the single greatest receiving tight end of my lifetime and very possibly NFL history, how he is allowed free releases and spaces to find and zone, soft zone coverage to just sit down in, I, I don't get it. I don't understand how this happens game after game. I watch an awful lot of Kansas City Chiefs football, and for some reason, Travis Kelsey is wide open all the time. Let's give Travis some, some credit there. He's obviously very good at what he does, but how defenses take their eye off that guy is just uh, it's, it's unfathomable to me. And it's unfathomable to me how the Chiefs win this game without Travis Kelsey having a huge one. You can't give him all the room to operate. Fred Warner in his hip pocket, Jair Brown over the top. You bracket coverage him for the entirety of the Super Bowl. Everyone else can just piss off. If anyone else beats you that day, you know what? Fine. I can live with that. If I'm a 49er fan, what I can't live with is the 49ers lost the Super Bowl because Travis Kelsey had 10 catches on 12 targets for 132 yards and three touchdowns. That can't happen. You lose to Kansas City that way, shame on you. Any other way, that's called football. But you cannot let Travis Kelsey just go bonkers on you. Cannot happen. That's a really good way to lose the Super Bowl. I think there's a prop bet on Travis Kelsey proposing to Taylor Swift at the end of the game should the Chiefs win it right there on the field. So if both of those things are happening, I'm guessing it wasn't a very good night for the San Francisco 49ers. Before we get to the number one matchup, one other note, just sneaking this in here for you when it comes to, all right, well, I've got eyes, you got eyes, and it certainly doesn't take an NFL coach or coordinator's eyes to see what I'm looking at when you just open up the box scores and see who the Chiefs really are. Kelsey and Rashi Rice have combined for 43 of the Chiefs' 70 postseason catches so far on this playoff run. That's 61% of all air traffic going to two guys. The 49ers' defense takes one guy out, that's good. You take both guys out of this game, the parade goes up Market Street on Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, following Super Bowl Sunday. The key to beating the Kansas City Chiefs is slowing down Travis Kelsey and shutting down Rashi Rice. Either of those things happen, it's very good for the Niners. Both those things happen, it's very bad for the Kansas City Chiefs. Finally, though, the number one matchup, and now this is going to be big and broad and it might not sit well for you because you're looking for individual matchups, but what we have here is a matchup of minds, and they're the two most important minds in the game, and what is stunning is that Andy Reid isn't even on this list. Andy Reid is a phenomenal head coach. He has designed the perfect offense for you know, Patrick Mahomes to elevate himself in a very short amount of seasons to maybe one of the single greatest quarterbacks, if not the greatest quarterback prospect talent we've ever seen. He's remarkable. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes together are remarkable. But the reason why the Kansas City Chiefs are in this season's Super Bowl is because of that defense and the single biggest matchup on the field is Kyle Shanahan's mind against Steve Spagnuolo's mind. 
That is the chess game right there. Now, that encompasses the entirety of the San Francisco 49ers offense. Everybody across that offensive line, you better play well. Debo, Kittle, uh, McCaffrey, Ayuk, Purdy, everyone's got to be Johnny on the spot, but they have to be put in the right spots by their head coach. And Steve Spagnolo, if he had a job title that was a little bit more poetic than just defensive coordinator, his job title would be smothering elite defenses in the biggest games of the year. That's what Steve Spagnuolo does. That's who he is. That's why he's a coach in this league. He is a monster. And the bigger the game gets, the better his defense usually is. He shut down. Steve Spagnuolo shut down the undefeated Patriots, who had the highest scoring offense in NFL history when they rolled into that Super Bowl with the New York Giants. And the 2007 Pats only put up 14 points on the board in that Super Bowl after basically being a pinball machine on tilt the entire regular season. Steve Spagnuolo's defense held the San Francisco 49ers in 2019 to only 20 points in a Super Bowl that Kyle took on the chin with Jimmy Garoppolo. Last Super Bowl, we saw the Eagles, who were a handful a Super Bowl ago and very tough to prepare for with the offensive wrinkle that was Hurts and the tush push and the, you know, even though the tush push really came into focus this year, it was in play. That beastly offensive line for Philadelphia was in play and Philadelphia had some talent. They put up 35 on the Chiefs and Steve Spagnolo, but the Chiefs scored 38. And the Chiefs, kind of a similar formula, like Tyreek Hill's not there. That guy's taken out of the game. Now you just sit on Travis Kelsey. That could be a win. Well, it wasn't because the Chiefs really rang the bell in that Super Bowl. But Kyle Shanahan and Steve Spagnuolo, that's the matchup. That's the biggest matchup right there of the entire game. The coaching minds are on full display. And hopefully Andy Reid has an off night. I mean, that's you got to be hoping for that too because that guy, when he sits down to cook up a game plan, it usually tastes delicious. Speaking of delicious, let's try our sip of the day. See how that's doing. Mmm. That's perfect. Timed it right. Thank you for being here. Your timing is right. It's great to have you. Hit like and subscribe. My name's Damon, and my buddy Nick will be by later this afternoon. Be watching this channel around 2.30-ish, 2.45-ish, I believe is the tentatively scheduled start time. But Nick Wright, one of the biggest Kansas City Chiefs fans out there, and the single biggest Brock Purdy hater out there. For whatever reason, this guy remains my friend. And he'll be joining us on the plus a little bit later on this Wednesday afternoon. If you're joining us right here, right now, go ahead, hit like and subscribe. We are approaching, oh my goodness, 100 members. And I do believe that tonight, this evening... Bane will be releasing, Sports Bane will be releasing a video specifically for members. So if you'd like to hear from Sports Bane, maybe hop on one of those memberships that are available. 
But if you don't want to do that, again, thanks so much for the super chats, for the support, just chatting to make that algorithm flow. Hit like, hit subscribe. Thank you oh so much for doing all of that. And thank you oh so very much to my sponsors. Ike is helping me get to Vegas next week. Oh, yes, he is. And I am going to be dropping some amazing content on you all next week from Las Vegas. And my man Ike wants to drop a delicious sandwich on you, and he wants to do it today. Sign up for the Ike's Rewards membership app. Do it because you're going to get Ike's Reward membership points. For every point the 49ers score, and if you've been signed up already in the postseason, you've got all the points that they've scored, and if you want to start getting points, you better sign up before the Super Bowl arrives. Ike's Rewards app. Download his his app in anywhere you download your apps and start eating your way towards free, absolutely delicious sandwiches with my man Ike. Speaking of the big game coming up, mybookie.ag. Use promo code DAMON when you sign up for mybookie.ag. And just like being in Vegas, not only can you make a play or two on sports, individual team props, and everything you want in the sports gambling world, but you also have a full functioning casino, baby, because it's offshore. So check out mybookie.ag. Use promo code DAMON when you sign up. And again, sponsoring Post Game and Damon. Post Game and Damon will be making one more appearance this year at the two-minute warning of the Super Bowl. And I hope you plan on ditching CBS to join me here on YouTube at the two-minute warning. As a matter of fact, even though it's weeks out, I need to put that studio on my page so you can either click on it, get ready, Hit that notify button. Don't miss a thing. The final post game and Damon in the final football game of the year is coming up at the two minute warning of the Super Bowl. Looking forward to it. I know that there's a lot of movement here on the chat. Oh, and Chef A wants to wish everyone, as she always does, a happy Humo Day. It's amazing what one typographical error can do to change the nature of an entire language in a chat room. So happy Humo Day to all of our plucers for sure. Chef A, thank you very, very much. AJ Cruz just wants everyone to know that the under hit today. I'm not going to say that yesterday I was influenced by it, but I think that we had our, our single biggest venture into a show where there was an actual sip of the day and I realized that I had blown it. I went way too long. Way too long. My man Ike, yo yo. Let's go. Ike, you ready? You ready? You ready? You ready to party in Vegas? You ready to party in Vegas, buddy? Jedi, one and a half saccharoonies for Bosa. Look at it this way. I'm not going to be greedy. I'll take the under as long as it's one. Getting to Patrick Mahomes for one sack in a postseason game, that's the hardest sack there is in football. That is the hardest sack there is to find in football if he finds it but once. Fantastic. If he finds it more than once, well, then all of a sudden, I bet you the 49ers are winning the Super Bowl. Like, that is a huge, huge changing of the flow of this game. Is Patrick Mahomes uncomfortable? Making Patrick Mahomes uncomfortable 
in a football game. It's about as hard of a thing there is to do. So just get him. Just go out and get that guy. Get him once. Anything other than that, grave, grave, grave. Smiley Dan says, hey, man, maybe Hargrave has been practicing too hard. I don't think that's the problem. He's got to start playing harder. That guy has been blown off the line so far in this postseason. We haven't used his name in a positive or good way once since we've hit the postseason. So let's see what Hargrave has for the Super Bowl. G. Martinez says, Ward can handle Rice. I hope you are right. I hope you are right. Lore, again, no questions about this. Niners got to tackle. Wrap it up. That point of attack needs to be where the tackle happens. If the Chiefs are looking at Yak Yard City, that ain't good. That ain't good. Sporticus said the biggest Super Bowl matchup must include Shanahan and Reed and Wilkes and Spags. Well, you were ahead of me, and you you got two of the four, that's for sure. Huge, huge, huge game for Fred Warner. Probably the most important game of Fred Warner's entire career. This is a legacy game for an awful lot of guys, but if Fred Warner can really say, I'm the dude who shut down Travis Kelsey in the Super Bowl. Well, look at it this way. I don't know if the 49ers win the Super Bowl without that happening. That's how big of an X factor Travis Kelsey has been since he was drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs, essentially. That guy is feeling himself after a less than Kelsey regular season. He's having an extra Kelsey postseason. So look out for that guy. Fred Warner, big job. Big, big job for you, Freddie, my boy. Just for a minute, just for a minute, and thank God, like this isn't a thought exercise anyone would want to do if it were real. Thank God it's not real. But just for a minute, I want you to imagine if the 49ers had lost their third NFC title game in a row. Oh, the world that we would be living in, the noise around this team, the topics on all of the talk shows, it would just be insufferable. All you would hear is, told you, told you Brock Purdy wasn't him, told you Brock wasn't the guy, he'll probably never win the big one. It's amazing and borderline lucky that he's been this far in his career already. But that wouldn't even be the half of it. All you'd hear about is how Kyle definitely can never win the big one because Kyle will never win the big one and has never won the big one. And that's not going to be changing. And then you'd get to the Nick Bosa is overpaid crowd. They would certainly show up and hear themselves take part in this conversation of criticism. Then it would turn to Steve Wilkes. And it was Steve Wilkes that killed the team in this defense all year long, and he would be catching an awful lot of the blame. And then you'd have the Jake Moody can't be trusted no matter what crowd, no matter what success he had actually had on his way. Oh, my God, in the postseason, you just can't trust him. Haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it, you got to be a doubting Thomas on a rookie kicker. In spite of the fact he had a pretty 
good regular season, but you know, just it ain't him. I know for a fact it's not going to be that guy. Can't trust the kicker. Can't trust the defensive coordinator. Can't trust the quarterback. The head coach might be a little bit of a regular season winner, but he's ultimately a postseason loser, even though he is the all-time franchise's winningest head coach from a percentage standpoint. You would hear all those things had they lost their third straight championship. Oh, wait a minute. That's what we're hearing anyways, even though they're in the Super Bowl. Like, what are people covering at this point? What are people talking about at this point? I have heard the 49ers who are in the Super Bowl. Like, you can't do much more than that before the Super Bowl kicks off. All you can do between the NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl is to reach the Super Bowl. Can't do more than that right now. And you'd think that an awful lot of fans would be very excited that their team is in the Super Bowl and they would maybe just maybe in the comment sections, in the video comments, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, they would stop with the constant 24 hour a day, sky is falling, bitching, moaning, complaining, worrying about this football team. It's unbelievable. Football is the most watched anything on television. I wish half of you didn't have your TVs. You don't deserve to be watching football. You don't even deserve to be watching. Like, I'm getting messages like messages on Facebook from people who watch the videos that I do. And I try to, I try to interact, you know, like or thumbs up. I'm trying to be, you know, hey, welcome to the party, everybody. It's great to have you here. You want to interact with me? I want to interact with you. It helps the algorithm. It's good for business. Like, what the hell am I doing? I'm sitting on my couch anyways. I'm fucking scrolling through my phone anyway. I'm getting like DMs. I'm getting, uh, I'm, I'm getting comments basically saying, I know Jake Moody's going to fuck up the Super Bowl. I just know it. I've been a 49er fan my entire life, and I know that this guy's going to fuck us up. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, you're in the Super Bowl. If you can't put your personal opinion down just for a second to root for your own team and hope for the best possible outcome now, what kind of a fan are you? You're not a fan. You're not a fan. You're a, you know, real housewives of the NFL just bitching and moaning and looking to snake everyone's happiness at all time. That's all you're doing. You know, everybody everybody at the table is having a great meal, enjoying themselves, taking deep breaths, and all you're doing is farting all over everything. Like, keep your criticism to yourself. Like, if you think Jake Moody's going to miss a big field goal in the Super Bowl, shut the fuck up and keep it to yourself. What are you doing putting that out in the world for, the universe? Like, I, I, I'm trying to make you better, fans. I shouldn't have to teach you how to ski on the bunny slope of fandom. Team reaches Super Bowl. Root for team. Rinse, wash, repeat. How hard is that? It's unbelievable the way that this team is getting talked about by people who claim to be 49er fans. You want to be a little bit worried? That's fine. But you shouldn't go on like a 65-paragraph diatribe of everything that is about to go wrong for the team that you claim to have been a huge fan of for 30 years. 
You're in the Super Bowl. The only way it gets better than that is to win the Super Bowl. And you can't win a Super Bowl without being in it. So up to this point, everything has gone fabulously. This is a fabulous football season. With all your anxiety and your stress aside, it's been fabulous. Your opinion of what might go wrong has been so thoroughly destroyed by a fabulous football season. Maybe it's just time to shut up. Maybe it's just time to pipe down the never-ending stream of worry and negativity and doubt. Just sit back and enjoy the ride. I mean, first possession of the NFC Championship game. The Lions come right down the field. They score a touchdown. I'll admit that wasn't a good start, but there's a lot of football game left. Like, the 49ers haven't even touched the ball yet. And I got people just texting me on Twitter. Oh, this game's over. This game's over. There's no way they're going to win this game. Down 7-0 with, um, with 13 minutes remaining in the first quarter. Oh, this is over. This is, I knew it wasn't going to happen. It's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable, and I don't get it. Like, why do you you bother watching if all you're going to do is doubt it and hate it and be miserable through all of it? Like, if you're a 49ers fan and you're not happy this week, go fuck yourself. You suck. (laughs) You got it all wrong. You have literally... You know, fandom is your own personal thing. And you can do with your own fandom, I guess, whatever you want, but you are blowing it. You're absolutely blowing it by acting like this. I'm really, I guarantee you Jake Moody's going to miss the field goal that costs us the Super Bowl. Look at it this way. If you think that field goals is going to have you win a Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs, maybe you're too dumb to watch the Super Bowl in the first place. I mean, you know what you want to see out of Nick Moody? You don't want to see him unless he's kicking points after touchdown. That means you might win the Super Bowl. I can't think of a better Super Bowl than Nick Moody. No field goal attempts. Bet you the Niners won that game. Good God. Some of you, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, are some fragile bitches. Forty-niners division rival has a new head coach. News break. Uh, news broke just before I came on the air with you on this fine day. Adam Schefter letting us know that the Seahawks are hiring Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald as their next head coach. The 36-year-old McDonald becomes the NFL's youngest head coach and brings uh, Seattle a uh, a team that has got a very good defensive mind now. And I guess if you're Seahawks, I mean, look, when you got McVay and Shanahan in your division, the Cardinals, you know, they they hired Gannon. And now another defensive coordinator assumes a head coaching role in the NFC West. McDonald, 36 years old. The Ravens were number one in points allowed this year, sacks and takeaways. It was his second season as Baltimore's defensive coordinator. And he is now the youngest head coach in the NFL at the age of 36, and he's replacing 
The man who was the oldest head coach in the NFL, Pete Carroll, was 72, but didn't look a day over 71. I mean, Pete Carroll looked phenomenal. Pete Carroll looks like he's 55 years old. He still looks fantastic. Um, so Seahawks, and look, we all see this. This is a young man's game now. You know, McDonald's 16 months younger than Jared Mayo, who was hired by the New England Patriots to succeed Bill Belichick. So you had a youngster replacing old man Belichick, and now a youngster replaces old man Carroll. And all I can tell you is he's starting to look with his salt and pepper tendencies. Kyle Shanahan, old man Shanahan. Well, guess what? Old man Shanahan? And that old of a man, he's only 44, and he just turned 44 in December. So it's good to be young. Good to be young. By the way, the fact that it's good to be young is not lost on the Golden State Warriors. Just a quick minute on the Warriors here before we hop into today's Club Plus. Because we've got much more coming up this afternoon with Nick Wright. The, uh, the Warriors moved four games under 500 with their win over the, Philly, uh, the, the 76ers, almost called them the Phillies. Uh, they beat the 76ers Tuesday night at Chase Center by a dozen points. Now, there was no Tyrese Maxey, which means we're grading this on a curve, but the Warriors are in no position to be particular about how they win games right now. Curry, he had eight threes. He dropped 37, eight rebounds, seven assists, was his third straight 30-point game. Wiggins actually played one of his best games of the season, which is fantastic because whatever it takes to get him traded and on another team's roster is exactly what I want to have happen. If, like if Andrew Wiggins could score 109 points and get himself traded, let's do that. By the way, Kaminga goes for 26. He is officially the Warriors' second best player now. Um. The Warriors are looking for something, looking for anything out on this trade market. Basically told the NBA, hey, we we poked around a little bit, but we still haven't found what we like. How about this? Anyone but Curry. Phone lines are open. That is the news out of Chase Center that the Warriors have basically told the NBA, give us a call. We'll take the call for anyone on this roster but Steph Curry. Maybe the most consequential thing, unless the Warriors have a huge turnaround from last night's game, is that Joel Embiid, who had missed a handful of games in a row with a sore knee, went down late in the game uh, with a knee that they're now saying could be a problem. Uh, All eyes on that setback, and it might take him out of MVP contention. Uh, Embiid has already missed 12 games so far this season. He is six absences away from becoming ineligible. For postseason awards, the NBA instituted a new rule ahead of this year that a player must participate in 65 games and log at least 20 minutes in those appearances to qualify for an MVP award and a selection to an all-NBA team. Now, honestly, I've always thought, I've always thought that we need um, some endurance standards applied to to NBA MVPs, but it shouldn't be like in writing because let's say someone goes absolutely bonkers and has is is one game underqualified from like there shouldn't be a rule disqualifying someone from amount of games played. Like we'll know a fraud when we see it. We'll know someone who hasn't given enough when we've seen it. Um 
And by the way, I think Joel Embiid is a is a false prophet. I'm not impressed with who he is as a basketball player. He's incredibly talented, but I mean, that guy gets 20 free throws a night. Okay, maybe that's a slight exaggeration, but he's getting at least 13, 14 free throws a game. That's a lot. You give that to Steph Curry, Steph Curry's probably averaging 40. <laughs> you know, so... Um, all I can tell you is that it's time to, if you haven't started watching a little basketball, you better get to it because in about two weekends from now, we are all out of football and it's basketball season. And hopefully basketball season goes as far as it can because baseball season in the Bay Area is going to be, what's the word I'm looking for? Forgetful. Mm. That sip of the day is still holding well. Again, I tempered the mug. When you temper the mug, good things happen. Yosarian wants to know, where is the Plus Bar? So the Plus Bar is the halfway club out on Geneva. You almost got to leave San Francisco to get to it, but it is uh, a bar opened up by some dear friends of mine, and we will be hosting the next Plus Mania 3, The Revenge, at the Halfway Club. But don't wait until I get there before you go there and check it out. By the way, the hot dog, how how often do you say this? The hot dog is phenomenal. The burger is really good. Um, I also had their their tender pork pork loin sandwich, like hammering out. If you Midwesterners know what I'm talking about, it's a pork loin sandwich. It's like the size of a Frisbee, and it's on a bun, and it overhangs the bun all the way around. It is delicious fried little piece of porky heaven. Cocktails are spot on, too. Heavy pours, baby. At the halfway club. So I told you the beauty of YouTube is streamlining everything to never waste your time. I'm not going to drag you through a whole bunch of content you don't need in the name of my on-air shift isn't over. Now, this show is not over. It continues inside of Club Plus, and it's going there right now for everyone listening on the podcast, which, by the way, is now officially over 200,000-plus views. The podcast just had a record month. And I thank you all so very much for listening and supporting. And I remind you all that Nick Wright will be joining me on YouTube. That will appear in podcast form a bit later on as well. But please do remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone.